Hey, I'm Rich. I'm from Kent in South East England. Hello and welcome to both Rich and to you guys that are listening out there as well. This is episode 14 of Mike's Open Journal and as you can hear the voice of Rich there, who is going to be my guest on today's show, we're going to talk through kind of just a random general chat uh, about what's going on with us and obviously an introduction to Rich as well. I will leave all of the contact details that will be in the description, but also towards the end of our conversation. Uh, we do drop in and out a couple of times. We had a couple of issues with Skype, and then towards the end of the call, Rich got a couple of phone calls about going and playing Pokemon, um, so that did interrupt our conversation very slightly. Again, thank you very much to everyone that's listening, and if you are interested in coming onto the podcast, do make sure you get in contact, um, ideally through Twitter, just because that's where I am most of the time. And we can have a chat about you coming onto the podcast, which would be great to hear from you, hear about your story and some of your thoughts about mental health. So thanks for listening again, guys. And remember, you're not alone out there. That was a bit weird, wasn't it? Because it's like the introduction, um, but it was the little snippet that usually goes at the end. So there you go. Uh, here's Rich. So yeah, just to start off with... Um, but like an introduction as to why you started talking about mental health online, really. Okay, yeah. Um, do you want me to pick a particular point or um, anything? Like, if it's a case of, because um, I'm not sure where your timeline starts, because I know you've got um, your YouTube channel that you've started up recently. But um, like, did you start talking on like Twitter or? Because you've you've got a blog running as well, I think. Yeah. The, well, the first thing I did was radio, like way back in 2013. Oh, okay. Um, so that's where I first sort of spoke openly, publicly. Mm. Um, so I could guess I could go from there. Really. Yeah, like just just kind of where it sort of started and how how you felt about kind of coming out and talking about yeah um, mental health the first time. Okay. Right. Okay. I'll go from there then. Cool. So, yeah, the first time I really spoke publicly and openly about my mental health was in, like, 2013. Um, BBC Radio Lancashire were looking for people to talk about mental health. So I got involved with the Time to Change campaign, became a Time to Change champion, and they connected me with the radio. And I went there, did my interview, um, it was a, I think my first one was a late show with a woman called Alison Butterworth, who now works for Radio Manchester. Um, and it was like widely received and it, people were like quite positive. So you're talking about the fact, obviously you've, uh, you've gone on to the show and spoken about it, yeah. um, for the first time on radio and you were involved in the, the time to change campaign. Yes. Um, I got involved with that last year and it looked like okay. it'd been going on for a couple of years. So I just wondered based on sort of when you were talking about, was that the first year that time to change kind of ran? I think it had launched the year before. I think it was 2012. I okay. might be wrong, but I know it was in its fledgling years and fledgling campaigns. Mm. Yeah, because I remember when I looked at it this year, it looks like the year before there'd been quite a few things for it, but then almost yeah. before that, kind of really not a huge amount. I think before the last maybe year or so, they'd obviously been relying a lot more on word of mouth yeah. to get, get the campaign out there. Whereas obviously now they've got the television adverts and the radio adverts in 
quite a lot of the media. Yeah, it feels like a funny one as well because I always got like when I was talking about it at work, and you get a bit sort of mixed up with the um, like it's time to change, time to talk, and yeah, it was that. I got like maybe it's like a marketing thing. It sounds cool, but I was like, it's a bit confusing when it's like the same name is the name of the people that are doing it as the project, but it's not quite the yeah. same. Yeah, it, it it did kind of throw me a bit where everything was time too, and and like a like being a time to change champion and and all of that kind of thing. It, it all kind of blurred into one. Yeah, it didn't seem quite. Yeah, I remember thinking it. I find this a bit more confusing, and I feel like I should. I think I'm getting caught up on the fact, like if it was just called Yellow, and then the (laughs) day was called like Week One, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, it's the people from Yellow, and it's Week One." (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, is it is it time to talk, and now we're doing time to change, or is it time to change, and now it's time to talk? I was like, "Oh, it's all very confusing." (laughs) Because their running slogan was just it. It just didn't separate itself from the brand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. or, or the charity rather than brand, should I say? Yeah, uh, yeah. I I couldn't quite get round whether it was just me being a bit like set in my ways and trying to understand something that didn't need to be understood, and it was like a they're meant to be similar because it's meant to be sort of branded. Yes, but I was like, if it's in my head, I was like, oh, if it's branded though, can they not just be like? It's time to change week. <laughs> by time to change. <laughs> I completely agree. I, I really thought I was the only one. <laughs> it's that little stuff that gets in my head, and I'm like, oh, I don't. I was like, and there's got to be other people. You focus on it, and then you think, am I unnecessarily focusing on something that's just not an issue? Yeah, everyone else is just like, oh, it's great. We're talking about mental health, and I'm like, yeah, but what week is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I got the underlying message was that it was like, I think it was like a, it's a mind subsidiary or a charity run from them yeah, or in partnership my, with them. mind it's an outreach kind of program from yeah, mind yeah which i liked because that was a completely As different such. name <laughs> this is one of those points where i had a slight issue with the call dropping but we're going to rejoin the conversation with myself and rich now actually when it's so warm i'm like i've got to close the window and turn the fan off to record it's ridiculous and I've like gone upstairs so as not to disturb my dad, and I'm like in the room without the fan as well. So it's oh, like, oh man, we're both like just sweating at home, <laughs> <laughs> just getting so more and more frustrated at Skype. I know. Well, on the upside, like the heat means that it's like a nice temperature later. So I am giving some serious thought to do my first um, Pokemon night travel tonight. <laughs> ah, I did one a couple of nights ago, and it was it was so warm and lovely to just walk around and not be cold. Oh yeah, see, I've gone out in the day a couple of times, and it's just too warm. Yeah, like I... to sort of march around and try and find a few points, especially when you're going out on your own and you're not in a group. Yeah, um, and you are trying to get round to a couple of stops or gyms or whatever, and I think, oh man, it's like it's too hot for this. I, I went out with my buddy today, and even though there were two of us, it was just ridiculously hot. We were just, like, walking down alleyways and pathways in parks and stuff, and it was like, why are we doing this in yeah, this weather? Yeah, I think it's one of those, if there's a few of you and you could just sit down, because I've seen a few people, I popped out um, at lunch today, and I saw a few people just sat down. It's like, yeah, if there's, like, three, four, five of you, and you can just find somewhere where there's, a um, like, a stop and yeah. some shade... And I'm like, yeah, it's a nice day for that, but how many of them? Yeah, yeah. I I think tonight 
one of the guys in that we've created like because obviously we've got like a group chat with my my friends yeah and we've created a sub group chat for the people that play pokemon go oh brilliant <laughs> so we've called it the pokemon go nads oh <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i saw some people out today and I was like, oh, I, I now feel massively like out of sync when they were like, which team are you? And I was like, um, I'm the red one. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm loving the game, but I don't know enough of the uh, technical jargon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said to my mate today, he was like, because he hit level five yesterday. Yeah. And I said, have you joined a team yet? And he was like, no, I don't know how to. And I was like, <laughs> let me show you. It's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I see. I was like, oh, I read through like each team, and I was like, oh, I think yeah, the red one, the red one sounds good. And oh, ever since I've been like, oh, but I prefer yellow as a color. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the red one sounded cool. Yeah, but then I was like, I like the aesthetic of the yellow one. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd gone for yellow. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. Did you go for the aesthetic of the yellow one in the end then? Well, I kind of preferred Zapdos to Moltres anyway. Oh, okay. So I, I kind of went for yellow, and I did kind of like the idea of like the origin of where they come from and stuff. So, oh, you put real thought into it. Yeah, I kind of put maybe too much thought <laughs> into it. Yeah, see, I thought I was putting a bit of thought by reading the bio. I should have just gone based on the color. Yes, because it's yeah. the only thing that seems to do like because now I've got a little red circle around my dude, and I'm like, yeah, but I want it to be a little yellow circle, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'd have really thought about it, and but... and like you you put too much time in to go back and change, don't you? It's like I can't change it now. Yeah, I'm not changing it. Not unless at a later stage it's added in that you can change. Yes. Which is I feel like it probably won't happen, but I don't I don't see how that would be a huge. Change yeah, I, to make. I can't see why it would be such a detraction from the game if you could change. Yeah, and then I think it opens it up a bit more because, um, like, so the more online videos I've I've seen of it, simply yeah. about like if you're in the same team, then you can battle a gym at the same time. Right. So me and my friend did this today. Yeah. Um, so he mate, I, as soon as I met up with him, I made him join Team Instinct, um, which is the yellow one, and yep. um, we were walking through a park and there was a gym. And it was a relatively low-level gym. And I said, oh, I reckon we could give this a crack. So we both clicked on the gym, and then we were both fighting in the gym at the same time. Oh, that's cool. So it, it does – like, we nearly defeated the gym as well. We were so close to defeating the gym. Yeah. Um, but eventually, like, it, the guy had an Electabuzz that was, like, 890 combat power. Oh, okay. So, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And at my highest was a Pidgeot at 301, and there was just no hope. No, that's not happening. <laughs> it just destroyed me straight away. <laughs> yeah, I watched a brief video earlier about, like, how to combat, and I was like, this is ridiculous. I was like, I just tap the screen. Like, I just yeah. constantly tap the screen. I was like, I've given up on even dodging now. I'm yeah, just... we, we kind of did. Like, as we were, like, circling it, I was trying to dodge, and I ended up, like, dodging in front of my friend's attacks, and I was like, <laughs> oh, God. I'm still getting it. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm going to try and save some of the Pokemon chat for Friday. Okay. Um, and we seem to be sort of stable with the phone call. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> for now. Um... So one of the other things 
um, I was interested in was, um, I guess, something that I think you mentioned in one of your first YouTube videos. Okay. Um, and I kind of ended up talking to um, Joy on the last podcast about it. Was right. Um, about the idea of like whether it's more harder or more difficult to talk about mental health if you're male or female. Okay. Um, and we spoke f- briefly about the fact that I said I find it kind of more, I find it easier to talk to, to girls about yes. um, my mental health. And I said that could be just because um, my parents split up when I was younger and I spent a lot of time with my mum and my sister. So I said right. maybe it's because I'm more comfortable around them. Um, but then we don't really talk a lot um, about mental health. So I, I don't personally yeah. feel like it's that, but maybe it is that kind of that stereotype that I have within me that actually, if I want to talk about thoughts and feelings, actually that's more appropriate to talk to girls about rather than boys. Yeah. See, I, my mum and dad split up when I was young as well. I was seven and a half mm. and I lived just with my dad, but I always found that he was, really comfortable with me talking to him about anything as well yeah but then i still find it easier to talk to girls about things rather than guys Mm. so so i think it i think it it possibly is the stereotype that we have as guys yeah that girls are easier to talk to because they stereotypically talk more about their feelings anyway yeah it's a weird one isn't it i think it's one of those where like the more you get into sort of stereotypes and stigmas that you realize that actually um, like yes those do exist within society but actually as part of society we hold them ourselves as well a little bit to some yeah. extent and um, it's great that we can talk about it but then it's also recognizing that you hold some of those maybe not those values no um, but those beliefs as well to some extent I think that's one of the sort of revelations that I've had in terms of speaking about my mental health and making the videos mm. is that I find out more about myself the more I'm open and talk about my experiences with mental health in in general because you just every time you reveal a piece of information to somebody whether it be indirectly through my YouTube videos or directly in a conversation with a person over the phone or in in person hmm. you peel part of yourself away at the same time yeah and it's not like you give that away and you don't – it's not like you lose part of yourself, but you just open yourself more to who you are and, and and what you really believe. And when you get down to it and the more you speak about your mental health, from my experience, is where you find out who you really are. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because it's one of those things where, um, like, you – you can really notice it the first time you talk about it. It's a very obvious thing to sort of say, oh, you feel that like sense of relief. You feel a little yeah. bit of pride at the fact that you've been able to kind of talk about it. Um, and then maybe not as much like the second or the third time. But the more you talk to, the more you talk about it, but for me, especially if you talk to different people, yeah, I feel like I kind of talk about it in a different way or use different words and like you say it makes you it kind of reveal more stuff to yourself without thinking you're going to yeah yeah it, it it like with the with the youtube videos that i'm making now where obviously i i try for two a week one to be mental health related one to not be mm. as mental health related you know i try and not just pigeonhole myself just to be talking about mental health 
but I found that it kind of just trickles and filters through my entire life anyway. So even on the, the video where I said I wouldn't talk about mental health, that will crop up because I can't help it being part of my life. Yeah, it's just it's not the focus of your conversation, but it's exactly, involved yeah. in it. Yeah. Ah, oh. no, it's interesting. I think just to talk through, um, because you're obviously you're the first um, guy on the podcast, so okay. um, it's just a chance to talk through it from a slightly different angle. Like I've got a few guy friends that I've sat down and had dinner with and and had a chat to them, and it is a different. It feels like a different conversation, and I'm never sure exactly why. Mm. Um, I think sometimes the guys I've sat down and spoken to have either had um, like no real knowledge of, of mental health, or they've gone through something very similar. So okay. it's almost like a really good understanding or nothing at all. And because yeah. there's not that bit in the middle, um, where I think if you speak to like I've spoken to more girls. So you end up just filling in more space in the middle. Cause it's just naturally more people. Yeah. I, when I was on holiday, uh, something happened with a fly and food. Mm. Um, and it will be part of Friday's video because I'm, I don't want to kind of make it a focus of Tuesdays Yeah. or tomorrow's, but basically, a. Uh, my food got put down in front of me and because I can't trust my brain at the best of times, a fly was near my hand yeah. and I don't know whether it touched the food or not, but my brain just told me it did mm. and I accepted that. So I ate the food because I was with seven of my male friends yeah. who know about my OCD but have never seen it when it's actually taken hold and caused me to have a panic and yeah. have an, like, an anxiety attack. So I forced myself to eat the food, went to the bar with them afterwards because it was the Sunday night, the night of the European final. Okay, yeah. And just before the game started and we were sat about to watch it, I had to borrow some money off them and go back to the hotel on my own to make myself throw up because I thought that was the only way to get rid of the food because in my head it didn't leave my my thoughts. Like I couldn't... Mm. The conversation of dinner, I don't remember any of the conversation because I wasn't really there. I was answering and I was, you know, taking part, but I wasn't really listening or paying attention. Yeah. Because my mind was focused purely on what I was eating. But then as soon as I'd been back to the hotel, made myself sick to the point where it was hurting and there was blood and I obviously I don't condone it. I know it's not the right thing to do, but in my head I had to. Mm. I went back. And they were all, they didn't ask questions because I just said to one of the guys privately, look, I've got to go. Something's happened. I'll tell you all later. Yeah. So I came back and they were fine. You know, I, I did a shot of vodka and had a double vodka and Coke and just got on with it. And then we got back to the hotel and I said, guys, I, I kind of want to explain what happened. So I explained it to them. And one of them just said, please, next time you should have told us we'd have come back with you. And they were all really understanding. Yeah. And I, and I think it's it's that that fear of still being stigmatised and, and being ashamed or, or embarrassment, really, mm. of what you have to do or what your thoughts are yeah. of, of why I still struggle. And yet, if I was there with friends that were girls, I feel I wouldn't have had a problem explaining what was going on. Mm. It's really cool that you've been able to have that conversation, though, with your friends, like at the end of the night when you've come back um and that they've had that reaction as well and i think yeah. 
that's a really positive conversation for you and for them so they've obviously got to find out a little bit more about what's going on with you and you know that you've got that support around you as well rather than because it would have been quite easy I guess to walk away at the end of the night and just say oh it wasn't I didn't feel great for a moment and yeah and they would have probably let you have your privacy and, and sort of dropped it and that's maybe like an opportunity lost yeah exactly I, like, I kind of just I just kind of would like people to know just how serious it is maybe I, you know I, I think it's important for people to see the real devastation that it can cause in mm. just a split second how my moments and days can be perfectly fine and happy to me the feeling and thinking like I'd rather not be alive and sometimes it's such a quick change in your mindset as well it, oh, it's, it's instantaneous so, yeah it's so difficult to explain that to someone especially when like I've been along to some of the support workshops and stuff like that and you work on your like your thought process and things like that and you're like yeah great and I understand this is about beforehand and being preemptive but in that moment you're just thinking yeah but in a second like I can go from being in a happy place to just like spiraling into something and there's no there's not always that build up no it'll happen instantly and then if someone says what's going on you're like you don't know enough to explain what's going on to yourself let alone to somebody else yeah um, y- yeah I, I think that's just the hardest I think that's the scariest thing for me is is it's like constantly walking a tightrope and and keeping balance of of those plates that you're holding up either side whilst you're walking that tightrope is mm-hmm. just it's the not knowing it, it's the what if and it, and I, I hate that what ifs almost dominate my life but it is like you said it's that split second where something can happen completely out of the blue and then it just changes everything I think it is it is that I guess um by doing things like your blog and the youtube and um podcasts and things like that and it's it's about starting and having those conversations isn't it and hoping that um we have an opportunity to sort of talk a little bit about what we're going through and hopefully it makes us feel better um but also that someone listens to it and it maybe starts that conversation somewhere else as well Um, so yeah like you just said with the podcast that you're doing and with like my blog and my youtube videos Mm. I think it is just so vitally important that it isn't just celebrities that start speaking out. It, it, yeah. It's just the everyday person. Mm. Because celebrities, although they're obviously people and they obviously have exactly the same feelings and thoughts as everybody else, they live a completely different life because their world is so different. They yeah. they have a different system for living their living their life. Whereas we have financial restrictions we have time restrictions we have you know work restrictions we have family and personal restrictions on top of everything else yeah i think it's get i think it's getting a relatable perspective that's that's important 
I think that's really interesting as well because I saw, I remember reading an article a few, it was probably a few months ago now, and they were um, being really negative about um, celebrities coming out and talking about mental health. And I was like, no, it's really good that they come out and talk about it because they give the initial coverage to um, particular issues. And that's great because some people, that's all they're going to read. They don't care about um people in their community they just care about what's going on in their magazine or on tv yes. so I'm like that's great um and the more of that that happens the better however like you say actually then to move past that initial like i guess shock factor or headline actually you need people that you relate to um and for some people maybe that is a celebrity but for a lot of people i think like you say well we've got our own pressures our own concerns someone um that's going through something similar to us that we maybe associate more with because maybe they're the same gender the same age they come from the same area or we have a similar background um they might associate more with or just the fact that it's someone they know absolutely nothing about yeah um, i think sometimes it's quite appealing as well yeah because because obviously everybody has a preconceived idea of celebrities and who they are and with social media and like you said with magazines and television and interviews you think you know who a celebrity is based on the person you see on screen and yet hearing from a mental health perspective of someone you don't know who Mm. you know has no no boundary in terms of what they can talk about like you know they are able to say whatever's on their mind because they have no worries of an agent or or you know, any sort of press getting hold of it. I think it's knowing that they're going to say exactly what's on their mind mm. rather than what maybe people think they want to hear. Yeah. Or like you say, saying what somebody wants to hear or saying um, or having what you'll say sort of tailored to something. Um, and I think that's one of the things I've tried to keep to. So um, like where I can, I make like odd notes um before doing like a podcast but that's the most i'll do because i try and keep it very much like it's just a chat so it's either me just having a chat about like something that i'm thinking about or if i'm talking to somebody else it's just kind of like a general conversation like if we said all right let's go out and meet up at the social club or the pub or whatever um and we sat down and started talking so it's a bit more like that rather than me sat here with like a five questions and we're like um so what did you day on what did you do today what did you do last week yeah. or how did that happen and um sometimes i think like um i try and keep in mind like what would i listen to like what would i find useful um and someone just reading a load of questions just doesn't really appeal to me like it will to other people um and it would be a lot more facty i suppose um yeah. but i just don't feel like uh i wouldn't listen to that so well it, it uh that's very similar to how I approached like making my YouTube videos. Well, especially the mental health related ones, because yeah. I, I really, I really sort of pondered before I started the YouTube of how I was going to make the videos and how I was going to create the content. And would I, you know, create a list of things I wanted to talk about on my phone and have that with me in front of me and, and just refer to it. Or did I want to just be open and free and, go with where my mind took me and take Mm. the conversation however I wanted to go and I thought if I wanted to like you can tell initially in some of my videos where I have had up preconceived ideas of what I wanted to talk about yeah whereas as the videos progress 
hopefully people will see that it's kind of more open and liberal and I'm just going with the flow. And I think that's what I need to be. And I think like you said, you need to be because you then just trust yourself and you just go with what you know, what you want to talk about. Yeah. Like I've got this general topic. I want to talk about whatever and that's it. Yeah, exactly. Like I'll set out, I'll maybe have like a title of my video in mind of, of what I'd like the title video to be. Mm. And then I know I've got a basis to say, right, well, I'll speak about that for a bit. Yeah. And then I'll get a few points across that I know I want to talk about. But other than that, like you, I wouldn't prefer to listen to someone who's just, you can tell is just reeling off something that they yeah. already had in mind. When it sounds like an interview or some sort yeah. of speech. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. But like you said earlier about sort of just being part of a conversation but not really listening you're like it's happening you kind of hear bits but you're not really taking it in um and i think especially when like i'm at a stage where i'm trying to encourage other people to come onto the podcast so if you feel if you're listening and you feel like oh actually it's just one guy asking a load of questions like it's no different to anything else like then where's the appeal because i'm sure there's are going to be um well i know there is because i've listened to them there's other podcasts where people go through and talk about particular things or um and it comes across in different ways sometimes and some of those i really enjoy and some i'm like yeah that's great but that's really not for me Mm. um and it's about finding sort of that thing that works for you i i think this is the wonderful thing that has come from possibly the only wonderful thing that has come through me struggling with mental health mm. is, is just the different people I've been able to to connect with and yeah. make friendships from the the misery and, and the sadness and despair. And it just plants little seeds of joy and, and positive happiness. Because when you find yourself in a position where you like we've spoken about where from one second you're fine one second you don't want to be here holding on to these little strings of joyous expression can be monumental and it can really help you get through a day and and like you said you know if if people want to talk about it they can come and speak to you and say i'd like to be on the podcast let's Mm. just talk about this or they can suggest things for me to talk about on my YouTube. It, yeah. I think that's the it's the freedom of media that we have now, where yourself and myself are, have created a platform of speech. That was one of the things I was really interested with with um, when the like the in out EU referendum stuff was happening. Okay, and I was like, oh, I really believe this, and it's great to talk about. Um, talk about it with people that have got maybe a similar view, a different view, and that's cool. And I was like, but the best thing was to be able to like watch some of the conversations online um, and have people in the public eye openly talking about um, a political issue that is going to affect everybody and have yeah. very different views and have people off the streets talking about that. And I was like, I live in a country in a society where that can happen and there are countries around the world where you can't be on TV or um, online and talk openly about having very different views on on what's going to happen or what the what certain rules or laws are. Yeah. And I think whether you agree one way or the other, just the fact that we're somewhere where that can happen is great. And I was like, it's just now trying to have that apply to 
more areas and more topics yeah. rather than just this one thing. It's infuriating because it seems like people, for a long time, people sort of romanticised this idea of mental health where, you know, oh, some of the greatest sad songs are written when people were in despair with depression and all this kind of stuff and arts and paintings can be done whilst in a state of anxiety or fear or mm. and it uh, i think people now are kind of just waking up to the fact that mental health is real and it really affects people yeah. and and it has it has long time consuming painful suffering consequences that you you cannot run away from anymore and and it is part of society and it's more prevalent now than it ever was and every day you hear of a new label for something new that it's just uh, what now you know it's almost like an epidemic of mental health that people are kind of still trying to catch on to and and people are almost sort of 30 years in the past still when it comes to mental health that i mean some of the people i speak to and especially sort of my dad's generation. I mean, he's 62 now. And he obviously is very knowledgeable because of me. Mm. But before I was diagnosed and before I opened up and before I spoke to him, he didn't have a clue what OCD was or mental health or, you know, any of that kind of thing. I mean, obviously, depression and schizophrenia were probably the only ones. Yeah. And, and I think it's... Like you said, with the referendum, the amount of coverage it was given was proportionate to how important it was for the country, and I appreciate that. But it would be brilliant if the same level of gravity could be given to something that is very, very serious in its own right with mental health. Mm. I've seen um, recently there was the the start of the um it affects me campaign with the post-it notes yeah um and just seeing that start to pop up and actually appear on on new segments i felt like oh this is like a really big deal and it's doing really well and like it's so great that the campaign's getting that coverage but then when you think like you say you think about um day-to-day or week-to-week news stories and the fact that um the coverage that's given to that as a topical piece is a really small amount of time and and, uh i mean like i said uh, it's great the work that um has gone into sort of getting that campaign out there and getting people talking about it and and shown um in different types of media but bearing in mind that that's a huge campaign that in relation to um just like today in our local court or at the local tesco or something yeah and you think well um, where's kind of the equality of of the segments in relation to actually their importance of how they affect people? Um, do that many people need to know that um, this dog bit a woman in your local shop? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, yeah, um, it'll get like national coverage that a dog bit another dog in like Swindon and yet the fact that one in four people suffer with mental health or will go on to suffer with mental health problems in their life. And, you know, the cuts to the mental health services in the NHS are just so obscene now. And the fact that 
children aren't getting the help that they need and waiting lists are so long. And it, and it kind of almost becomes an opportunity for politicians to throw it out there as if they're doing something about it when they mention these statistics because it's like, oh, look, hey, I'm talking about mental health. Yeah. And yet they're using it because they're campaigning for being their local mayor or they're, you know, they're running for this or running for that. Yeah. Whereas it kind of needs to be like a topic that is continually talked about mm. until it becomes part of the norm. Like you say, it just becomes like a seasonal topic. So it comes up here and there when there's a certain... So like when time to talk or time to change comes up, it'll be mentioned then. Um, and if there's a, an odd campaign that pops up, it'll be mentioned then and that's kind of it. Yeah. And like with... <laughs> I know he comes under a lot of fire for some of the things he said, but like Stephen Fry, for example. Yeah. Obviously one of the patrons of mind and all of that business. I feel, I feel, I don't feel let down, but it's almost like I understand that they have their own problems. And obviously that, like we said earlier, celebrities, they're still people. They still have their own stuff. They've got to deal with. Mm. If I was in a position to reach the audiences that he can reach and have the contacts that he probably has. I personally feel like I would be doing more because I feel like I would make it a constant lifelong thing. Yeah. Because if I want to do that now at the stage I am, you know, with my YouTube videos, you know, if it was up to me and I started doing it, obviously with the GoPro, it allows me a lot more freedom than having to set up my Nikon and get everything ready. I could just press a button and film. I would record all of the time and upload videos every day Mm. because that's what people need to see. Like, for example, like my dad says, you know, it's all well and good you telling people about your OCD and about when you go walking anywhere, you, you worry about where you stand and stuff. But he said the kind of things that people need to see are like if you go into boots and you can't pick up a basket but you need to carry loads of items but you can't touch the basket because you feel that the handle's contaminated. That's yeah, the kind yeah. of stuff that people don't get. Yeah. Because for everybody else that's so benign and so mundane and so part of their normal life. Yeah. They wouldn't understand and they wouldn't see. I was talking to someone about this the other day and we were talking about OCD and um starting to have that conversation it was really interesting because it was kind of like the switch was like starting to go for them with the idea that it's not just like that stereotypical almost like yeah. slang use yeah and they were like oh because it's kind of weird it's, it's it's not like just when you leave the house and checking stuff is it and i was like well, no it's like that's not really it at all i was like we all do that <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's just like that slang it's like the slang use of it i think because it's like um i know the when they do the whole oh, other campaign the are you okay day yeah, yeah, and yeah like the fact that it's just turned into a greeting rather than a, a question or a conversation and I feel like OCD has kind of fallen into that same sort of point where, um, as a term, it's used really frequently, but almost always, I would argue, either incorrectly, or if it's not being used incorrectly, it's being misunderstood by either the person using it or the person hearing it. Yes. Um, and I mean, not to say that um, knowing whether you've turned things on or off um, or things like that couldn't be considered OCD, but... I think, like, I used to have a thing where um, when I was in the shower, um, so if you, like, just naturally turn around and you happen to turn, like, in a circle in the shower, 
Okay. Um, I would always have to turn back around, so I was always facing like the same way originally, if that makes okay. sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when I'd go downstairs, like just walking down the stairs, I'd always naturally touch every step without thinking about it, and I'd just jump the bottom one for fun. Okay. But I'd have to kick my foot back to touch the bottom step because I couldn't okay. touch them all, but sort of miss that last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, these are forms of like a type of OCD, but these are the only things I do and I don't do them all the time. So I wouldn't call it OCD and I wouldn't yeah. say to someone, oh, I'm OCD because I do this. I'm like, it's just a part of something in your mind works like that. To me, it's... that's like saying, oh, my arm hurts a little bit and comparing it to someone who's got a broken arm. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. There's a level of similarity, but it's not the same. It's like, for me, like you just said, that's a perfect analogy. It's like if someone stubs their toe and then someone's got a broken leg and can't yeah. use their leg. It's like, that's the equivalent. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yes, okay, you have this personality quirk or this behaviour quirk or something you prefer to do that you'd rather not miss out on. Yeah. But that doesn't stop you living your life. Yeah. That doesn't stop you walking out of the door. That doesn't stop you getting out of bed. That doesn't stop you having a job and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I think, like you said, it. It's almost like OCD is a it's a description now. Mm. People just throw it out as like, oh yeah, I'm so OCD because the, and it's like, that's like saying, oh, I'm so tired because I sleep all of the time. It's like, well, you can't say that. Yeah. Like I'm so OCD is, it doesn't make sense yeah. because I I'm I'm so mental health disorder i'm so mental health problem isn't a way to describe a behavior mm. if you said oh i'm a little bit weird because or yeah. oh i do this and that isn't that funny or oh i do this funny little thing that's fine yeah because that's what you do it's a funny little thing that you do but it isn't a mental health disorder it's not something that has impacted your life severely and and like you said obviously there's a spectrum and and people have varying degrees of OCD and all mental health related disorders, but it's where you understand when to draw the line of when actually is it a problem. And a lot of that is being honest with yourself because obviously it's like an alcoholic who knows they're an alcoholic, but can't stop. Mm. That's when you know you've got a problem. Because if you're aware of it, but no, you can't not do those behaviours, then it's an issue. But if you're like you, if you're aware of it, you know you sometimes do it and you sometimes don't, but you don't have to, Yeah, you can get on with it because you're in control. You've got that power over it because it's just a tiny little quirk. Mm. And I think people assume that's what it is for everybody. Like they just think people can just turn it on and off. Yeah, And I think that's the hardest part. For me, is 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 just seeing the ignorance, and sometimes it is ignorance without being malicious. Sometimes it is people just don't know, but then it's when people are just closed-minded and don't want to know, and aren't prepared to listen to why you feel that way or why you do what you do. I think that's where the problem lies. I sometimes wonder as well whether it falls into that, like um, because it gets I don't know if it's the right term acronymed. Because yep. it's OCD and it falls in with that, like, um, uh, the ADHD and yep. 
it's like, oh, it's one of those things that people have difficulty with and it sort of affects us all, but some of them are worse than others and but they kind of grow out of it or it's not that bad or um, they're just naughty or awkward. I think oh, the ADHD one annoys me a little bit because I feel like there are some children, and this could be my stereotyped cultural background, um, that are just naughty and it's not yep. um, ADHD or anything like that. They're, they're just naughty, misbehaving children. Um, and that's... I won't say completely fine, but that's just what's happening there. Yeah. Um, and there are others that are, maybe they're really, really intelligent and they're stuck in a group with children that are working at a lower level than them. So they play up and then they get given the term ADHD because they won't kind of concentrate on what they're yeah. being given. And I'm like, well, well, yeah, because there's no need for them to concentrate because that's so far below their level. Yeah. Um, and then, then you have those that are actually affected by the disorder where... Um, they do they can't just concentrate or sit at one thing um and their mind their focus their behavior will shift very quickly yeah and i think yeah and that's a completely different area and i think again it comes into that like oh let's just all throw them in the same area um and it's that i don't know it comes under that sort of labeling like yeah it's it can help and it can be a positive sometimes and other times I think well a lot of the time it's a negative but sometimes like for me like when I started to think about oh there's something wrong like there's some sort of there's something going on with me that isn't right at that time like I was desperate for a label to be able to work out like what is it that's going on yeah. um, like how what is it how can I work on it how can I improve this what do I need to do and you're desperate for a label because it gives you some sort of fact to work yes. on yeah 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 and I'm like, oh, it's all the people that are desperate for it um, that are that are m- more affected by it. And those people that don't want those terms are usually the ones that end up with them because it doesn't relate to them in any way. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Because, because it's almost like a blanket, isn't it? That yeah. you can just throw over something and call it. You can almost sort of not disregard it but then you don't have to work at it you don't have to you don't have to challenge it you don't have to question what that is you just throw a name on it and it's fine because oh that's what's wrong with him or her yeah whereas you know you it takes the effort out of actually going to the underlying problem and and finding out what really is the cause of all of the behaviors that Mm. this person is expressing yeah i know you say actually investigating into sort of what's going on why um, how can we help this person rather than this particular illness? Mm. Um, because it's going to be different for everyone. And that's, I think that's one of the hardest things with mental health as well. It, is everybody is affected differently? Mm. It, you know, it's not like a physical illness where, you know, for example, like cancer where certain milestones will be hit but not milestones but certain things will happen at certain stages of the illness that are the same for everyone yeah they might happen at different times it might be quicker or fast or slower but people will go through the same effect Mm. whereas with mental health it can be so individual and one person's experience will never be the same as someone else's yeah or someone's could be very very similar and you would never be able to relate to anyone else apart from that person yeah like you're saying it could be that um say 
Um, one person's got anxiety, someone else has got depression, but they might have one particular thing that sort of sets them both off. Yeah. But apart from that one thing, everything about um, how they're affected by their illnesses are completely different. Yeah. Um, one thing I did want to um, pick up on, um, okay. just because it's handy to pick up on some stuff when there's like certain campaigns and stuff going on is um, I remember, I can't remember if I saw this or watched it, um, but you mentioned that you're doing a Tough Mudder soon or something yes. soon. Um, so did you want to have a bit of a talk about that and why you're doing that? So yeah, the Tough Mudder is on the 7th of August. Um, if anyone doesn't know what a Tough Mudder is, it's I'm doing a half Tough Mudder because I've, don't think physically I could deal with a full Tough Mudder at the moment, and mentally I don't think I could either. What's the difference between the two? The distance. Oh, okay. Um, so my one is 5K, but a full Tough Mudder is 10K. Okay. Um, but apart from that, so a Tough Mudder, it's, for me, it'll be five kilometres running or jogging, and sporadically in between that five kilometres, there will be obstacles that I have to traverse that will range from crawling through mud under barbed wire, uh, crawling through tunnels of muddy water, jumping in an icebox to come out and under the other side, running through mud and electric wires, uh, climbing over wood and moving big lumps and blocks of wood, uh, carrying people for uh, 500 yards and then someone carrying you for 500. So all of those different physically demanding obstacles. Yeah. And... For someone who doesn't have a mental health problem, in particular my OCD with contamination, yeah. it will be hard enough anyway. But for me, it's going to be not only a physically difficult challenge, but a mentally exhausting one as well. Because it's everything I hate thrown into one day. Yeah, And I wanted to do it because it's possibly the hardest thing I could think of to say a massive F you to my OCD. Yeah. And in the process, hopefully raise as much money as possible for OCD action as I can. So really, it's just an opportunity for me to say, this is the worst that can be thrown at me and I can get through it. Yeah, to have that sense of achievement at the end. Yeah, yeah. would be huge. And am I able to mention the link that people can yeah, sure, to sure. donate? Um, so if you go on to justgiving.com forward slash biscuit running altogether, um, you can donate to the page and you can read my full story on there. I've gone a lot more in depth about why I'm doing it. Um, and all of the proceeds go completely to OCD Action. It goes straight to them and they are incredibly helpful to anyone suffering with OCD, not just for the person but for the families and loved ones and friends as well. Um, the support is there for the for the whole group of people affected by OCD rather than just the individual. Um, and, and again, with my YouTube channel, and like I mentioned with getting the GoPro earlier, it's an opportunity for me to physically document what I'll be going through mm. and I'll be able to vocalise because I'll be wearing the GoPro on my head. I'll be able to vocalise what I'm worried about and what's scaring me and what i'm doing that's really difficult so yeah. I, th I think it'll just be a chance for people to see it hands-on and not only see what a tough mudder's like hands-on but see what it's like from someone's perspective who's terrified of doing it as well 
That'll be a really cool video. Yeah, um, it'll be great when it's done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine um, that's got potential to have quite a lot of swearing in it. <laughs> yeah, I am going to make a disclaimer at the front of the video and just say, please excuse any language you hear in this video. So, but I think the good thing as well is I'm doing it with friends. Yeah. So I will have the support there knowing I'm not having to do this on my own. That's cool. I was going to say, because you're running for OCD Action, does that mean that you go with like a sponsorship vest? Is there like a tent? Do you run with a team? Or is well, it because you register I, and you go along with your friends? Well, with OCD Action, I've worked a lot with their press campaign and I'll be doing a lot more closer to the time anyway. Um, but they gave me a T-shirt and a running vest. Um, they're going to put my article in their sort of newsletter and obviously, they're going to have support for me throughout on the internet and on their website and on Twitter and stuff. I'm not sure if they're going to send someone with me. Okay. Um, I think if they can, that would be fantastic to document it even more. Yeah. Um, which is something, actually, I've not approached them with, which I'll go and do tonight, actually. Um, but my friends know about it and obviously know I'm, that's why I'm running it. So they're obviously supporting me as well. So, so I, you know, it has the potential, like anything I do, to be disastrous. But I am focusing on the fact of more of the physicality of it rather than what's the mental problem. Yeah. Because I know physically it's going to be hard enough anyway. Mm. So I'm trying to just go with that rather than, oh, what if there's a fly or what if I swallow some muddy water or you know like what if what if what if i'm just trying to think what if i can't run up the hill <laughs> <laughs> focus on that like that physical exertion yeah so and it's been really good because it's it's been something that i can focus on and something that i can work towards as as something that i want to achieve not only for ocd action and to raise money and to raise awareness but something for myself where I've had to put training into my life and I've had to change my diet and I've had to adapt how I deal with my routines because of my OCD, because of doing this challenge. Mm. It sounds like something that's really good because you've got that time to sort of work towards it and a sense of achievement at the end and you've kind of had a thought about some of the different challenges that are going to come along the way. And yeah. I think something like that as well where you might have um there could be someone else that sort of looks at that because it will stand out a lot more as a video as well i guess yes um with regards to something that's going on it might be that they've got a friend that's going along and they're like oh no i don't i don't really feel like physically i could do that when actually maybe it's more of a, a mental health issue that's maybe holding them back from something yeah. like that um so that'll be really cool as as a kind of a, a video or a discussion of of the challenges that you're going to go through with that as opposed to for most people again assumptions being made um that actually the challenge for them is going to be the physical thing mm, because i obviously i've done research on the tough mudders and looked at various videos of what the tough mudders are going to be like and mm. i have seen a few with a gopro perspective of with it being on someone's chest or someone's head or someone holding one yeah but all of it has been look at what's physically coming up next look at what no one has spoken about what they're thinking from a mental health perspective. Yeah. You know, all of them have been like, like again, stereotyping, oh, fucking hell, Dave, how are we going to climb over that? Or, 
none of it has been right i'm about to go through this and all i can think about is when i crawl down this pipe will the mud rise above my like face and will i will i drink any will it go out my nose will it go in my ear what if someone spat in the water and that goes inside me do you know what i mean i think that's where it will be really good because that's what's going to separate it from any other video of a tough mudder yeah and it comes with that different like you say it's a different viewpoint yeah um a weird question but you mentioned it so i'm really interested are you thinking you're gonna hold your camera is it gonna be strapped to your chest your head how are you gonna work that i've actually bought um a head strap for it okay because a chest strap i think obviously if i'm crawling you wouldn't see anything because it would be in, in the water or whatever yeah and i really would like to have both my hands free so if i in an emergency need to push up or pull away or whatever i can yeah and so I, suppose, I think yeah some of the stuff you're doing you're probably going to need two hands anyway i guess yeah whereas with the head strap it's going to be close enough to my mouth to be able to catch audio anyway yeah and it will be from my perspective of what i'm looking at so if i see something that worries me from a mental health perspective yeah it's easy for people to see it as well because yeah, i'll be looking it's at actually it. your view yeah yeah Oh. Um, that sounds really interesting. It's so. When was that? The seventh of seventh of August. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so not too long away now, then. Yeah, I think under three weeks now. Oh, training's going well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those beers are going down smoothly. <laughs> yeah, that training's meant to be afterwards. One <laughs> um, of the other things I just uh, I would like to pick up on was okay. Um, a question that I've already asked you and you've answered, but I wondered maybe how many people have probably had a similar query, um, especially based on your response with regards to um, OCD and tattoos. Okay. Um, and just having an idea, basically for you to tell me the things you've already told me. Um, but I think that would probably be a common sort of misconception about um, actually when you're um, affected by OCD as to how you come around um difficult issues when it's maybe something that you really want to do but you find a certain challenge with that yeah because from what you've said to me i feel like that's something that initially you could have just said actually do you know what yeah i want a tattoo but that's going to cause me a lot of issues and a lot of struggles and i'd rather not do that i'd just go around it by doing something else or find something else yeah um and you found a way to sort of work with that and identify the things that you either weren't happy or would struggle with and find a way for it to work for you yeah, well, I think, like you said, with tattoos, it's a perfect example because when I did the documentary for the BBC last year, uh, like the day it aired, people on Twitter, like one person in particular, mentioned, oh, how can you have OCD? Like, that's just ridiculous, but you've got tattoos. Like, what a load of crap. Mm. And I think people, again, it's just ignorance where they're not prepared to listen they don't ask in a way that provokes a responsible answer. They just throw it out there as, oh, how can you? Like, that's just stupid. Yeah, rather than sort of like, oh, how did you get around that? It's like, well, how did exactly. you get around that? No, you didn't get around that. That's rubbish. Yeah, yeah. And it, the simplest way was just being open with the tattoo artist. Hmm. I went in and had a consultation and said, look, this is what I, I've got. What What is your process? What do you do? Because I didn't know what. The process to getting a tattoo was I didn't know how you looked after it. I didn't know how they did it in the first place. So I just asked questions. Yeah. And the more I asked questions, the more actually I realised it was probably one of the cleanest things I could do. Mm. Because 
the hygiene levels in tattoo parlours, reputable ones anyway, are incredible, um, especially where I go to regularly. Mm. And I think having a relationship with the tattoo artist as well to the point where you can say almost anything is key. Yeah. Especially for me anyway. For example, after I'd had numerous... T- I mean, I've got 24, I think, now, or 23. Wow. But after I'd had maybe 10 or maybe 15, I'm not sure, and I'd built up a good relationship with the tattoo artist that I use all of the time. Hello? Hello. You put me on hold? <laughs> it, I got a phone call come through. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's fine. That's fine. Um, it gave me a chance to have a drink. <laughs> where did it? Where did it leave off? Um, where did I stop talking? You uh, have twenty-four tattoos. When you've had ten, you have a conversation. Right. Okay. So yeah, halfway through, like all of my tattoos, the Emma, my tattoo artist. For anyone that doesn't know, when you go to have a tattoo, they draw out the stencil onto a particular piece of paper that then gets imprinted onto your skin that they then do the tattoo from. They then, you know, like, start the tattoo from. Okay. And before she cut out the stencil, or after she cut out the stencil, before she put it on my arm, it fell onto her bin by her workstation. Mm. And because it's a tattoo and it's going to be on my body and in my skin for the rest of my life, and because I was able to say anything to her, I said, look, that flipping rich, he only just put me on hold again. Uh, so we came straight back again after he managed to divert that previous phone call and straight back into the tattoo conversation that we were having. Sorry again. No, that's okay. <laughs> right. So the stencil that she drew out fell onto the bin. Yeah. And because it's going to go on me for the rest of my life and it was something that really bothered me, I said, look, I apologise that you've just drawn out that stencil, but it's been on the bin. Mm. Can you please draw it out again? And she said, yep, that's fine, although I have cleaned the bin myself this morning, so I know it's clean. Yeah. But for me, the idea of a bin, I can't get my head round. Yeah. But she said that's fine, and she just drew out a new stencil, and it was it was fine. Yeah. And, and I think, like, they sterilise... Everything is brand new anyway that they open. The needles are brand new. Everything that they use is brand new. And it's it's just so hygienic that mm. I never once had a problem. And, and I think people just didn't give me the time to explain that. I think, like you say, it's it's not always having that short of saying it's about your relationship and communication with the yeah. artist. <laughs> it's about hearing the story and how it, how you sort of move through that situation and how you communicate um, with that person as well. Yeah, because there's no point in not being open and honest because then you're failing both people. Mm, Yeah, You're you're failing yourself because you're letting yourself put yourself into a position where you're going to be very worried and anxious. Yeah. But then you're also putting the problem onto the other person by giving them a sense of guilt because they've done something that's upset you, but 
they didn't mean to. Yeah, or the fact that they feel like, especially if that in that situation where you've built up a relationship with, did you say Emma? Yes. Um, where you've built up a relationship with Emma, and she feels like actually I'm I'm really helping Rich out here, and I'm doing my best to fit in with like the requirements to make him happy and give him really good customer service. And you're like, well, actually, for me, this hasn't quite worked because um, the stencils touched the bin, but I, I don't feel comfortable enough. I don't want to mention it. And then so the next person that comes in that maybe has a similar issue, um, she'll feel like, well, actually, last time this worked really well and it didn't matter that that happened. Um, and it's just having that conversation to raise that little yeah. bit more um, awareness to that next person. Like you say, it's you've got that open open conversation with Emma and it's not like you stopped and said, hang on a minute, um, that stencil's touched a bin. There's no way that that can touch me. You said, actually, it, would it be okay? Do you mind? Um, I, I'm a bit concerned about that. And she's like, no, that's completely fine. I understand. And, like, we've got an open conversation, so there's not a problem with that. I think, like you say, it's especially where sometimes things are online and it's not yeah. part of a whole conversation. It's like, oh, I read your short tweet and I, I really disagree with that, so I'm going to put a horrible negative one back. It's not exactly. Sometimes it's hard to build that conversation in there and uh, i guess with that um i suppose the understanding's lost sometimes as well I, I think for all of the benefits of social media it definitely has its flaws and one of those is just the brief amount of time it gives you to explain yourself or have a conversation and uh, in a way that isn't conducive to a, a a good discussion about a topic i think it's for me, I think I'd always draw um, more on the positive side um, for social media. Like, there's definitely, uh, I don't know if negative is the word I'd choose to use. I feel like, um, do you know, um, have you ever heard of like a SWOT analysis, like a business thing? Vaguely, but yeah. I wouldn't be able to describe no, it. No, so like the SWOT analysis is you have like the strengths and the weaknesses. And the opportunities and the threats. Okay. So, like, a threat is something that could be a weakness in the future, but isn't right now. Okay. Um, and so, for me, like, in social media terms, I think it, a lot of the stuff would sit not as a necessarily a weakness, but as a threat with regards to, um, like you say, there's not always a great way to communicate in terms of that language that you're using. Yeah. Um, but then there's so many strengths to that as well, because... So, like, Twitter is really short, so you don't get a chance to explain yourself. But some people have a very tw short attention span or don't want a lot of information, and so that will work really well. Exactly, yeah, um, okay. But the weaknesses with some things where um, you can put up, like, a false persona or, um, like, I can put one up and be me um, but not talk about any of the stuff that I'm affected by... And you think, oh, I've got a wholehearted view and understanding of Mike, but actually you've got no idea about a lot of the other stuff that goes on. Yeah. Um, I think is one of those things where you sit in there. But for me, is that any real difference to um, friends that like I would know from school or from like the local community? I mean, they could equally feel like they know you really well um, and not know things about you um, or misunderstand types of communication you use. So... Um, for me, I'd always draw on the on the strengths and think of of people like yourself that I've had the opportunity to kind of hear about and talk to, yeah. Um, and pick up bits of information, and even for me, just to hear about when we've spoken through, um, obviously now and previously about your tattoos, and there's no way that I would have known or like completely understood how that would work 
before um and yeah. for me i don't have um a, a friend that i know of that's affected by ocd so i would have no way to really have that conversation yeah okay so it's things like that um that i think are for me like the real benefit of it um to be able to be a bit more informed and to understand and talk to people and try and learn a little bit more about um other people um that are affected by by something that i'm really interested in that affects me yeah. and i'm desperate to know more about yeah yeah no i, I completely agree and, and like i said although it has its flaws without social media i wouldn't be where i am today in a mm. position to be able to talk to you today and yeah. obviously physically i wouldn't because we wouldn't be able to have the platform to meet anyway but well, Skype's it, been dodgy. <laughs> but it wouldn't have given me the confidence or the ability to have a platform to speak initially. Yeah. And and I think, especially with mental health, especially where it's not in the public media, especially where it's not portrayed correctly a lot of the time, it's an opportunity to get it right from the people that live it and experience it and say this is what it's really like. Yeah, and to talk through, like you say, so it gets away from that, um, here's a campaign or here's a celebrity, like, this is us and this is our lives, so yeah. it's going to affect us um, when we go to the shop, it's going to affect us um, when we go into work, um, and yeah, like, when we have those good or those bad days, yeah, we're going to obviously note then, but it's going on the rest of the time as well. Yeah, and I think, for me personally anyway some of the things that people don't understand is it never goes away. Mm. You know, it's always there. Whether I'm having a good day or even, well, whether a good day or bad day, whether I'm having a good day or not, even on the days where I'm fine and people would look at me and never tell that I have OCD, it's always in the back of my mind of what if something happens. Yeah. And obviously that's something I need to work on myself and, in recovery and in therapy and in my own time. Mm. But I think that's the thing that people just don't see. They think, oh, you can take a pill or, oh, you can have therapy and it goes away. No, it doesn't go away. It just gets easier to live with or yeah. deal with. And, okay, I I still believe that there will be a time where it will be non-existent to such a degree in my life that I will go months without it being part of my life. Mm. But realistically right now i know that's not the case and i know that's not going to happen in the very near future yeah so it's just a case of managing it to a point where i can lead as normal life as possible now but also raise awareness and say to people you're okay like it's okay to be whoever you are and mm. if you like shit because you've got a mental health condition and you don't feel like anyone understands you there are places you can go to be understood and to be accepted and to feel like you're not on your own. I think this time it was Skype dropping out. Um, so we had quite a few issues with Skype at the start of the conversation, which we'd managed to overcome. Unfortunately, then we had the issue with a couple of phone calls coming through to Rich. So maybe in the future, I'm going to have to put some sort of requirement down that you put your phone in some sort of mode that means we're not going to be interrupted by your friend calling you because it's almost time to go pokemon hunting rich <laughs> um so we're going to jump back into the conversation with myself and rich um for the final few moments um so thanks for bearing with us hello hello <laughs> wow <laughs> 
what a natural end to a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> There's but, a way to put it. Yeah, that felt very much like um uh, no like an end of a soap episode or something. Like yeah, like just right midway through a, a sentence. Done. That's it. <laughs> oh dear. Um I was gonna say since that one cut off, I saw that we've spoken for like just over an hour. Um, okay. So I was going to say, uh, if we do um, just like a couple of bits now and then round off, is that all right with you? Yep. Uh, I've probably got about 10 minutes before I have to go. Yeah, no, that's fine. I reckon we'll be done in okay. two. Uh, okay. Um, so uh, one of the things is just to check with you, um, any of the like the links to, um, obviously, like, I can see the one to your blog and I can get the one to YouTube, YouTube. but can you send me through the one to your Just Giving page and then I can add that in as well? Oh, no, I found that's on your... Is that on Twitter? Twitter, Okay, yeah, I can get that, that's fine. Um, So I think if you've got my blog, my Twitter, my my blog, my Just Giving, my YouTube, and the Facebook one is just Rich Biscuit is my facebook page is that like a is that a page yeah it's a, an actual facebook cool, page okay. for my ch- like youtube channel and stuff okay, yeah cool. uh, uh, and what was the facebook one called sorry uh rich biscuit or uh capital r capital p all together cool uh i can put that in uh and then if you're happy just to do like um a brief intro as well that i can add into the beginning of it Um, okay so i will um i'll add in the episode number later um just because i need to work out the order that they're going up in because i'm going to try and put um the pokemon one on friday i want to try and put that one in first just because it's topical yeah but then it throws out the recording um episode numbers yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just making it more difficult for myself. Well, I'm I'm doing the same as well because I'm rec- I'm doing a Pokemon Go video tomorrow. Oh yeah. And I, and I was going to do a mental health one tomorrow, but I was like, no, I'll do the Pokemon Go one and get it out of the way, and then yeah. I can just focus on the mental health. Yeah. You try and tie into like the topics when they pop up. Yeah, try and be <laughs> cultural and relevant. Yeah, I'm I'm relevant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Everyone yeah. else is. Yeah, I'm hip. I can't. I, I'm part of Team Red. Woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Um, right. I'll do a little intro then. So um, yeah, if you're happy just to do um, like your name, where you come from, uh, and mention any of the links that you want to mention. Okay. Is that okay? Hey, I'm Rich. I'm from Kent in southeast England. I'm campaigning for mental health and better mental health awareness um you can find my youtube channel uh, at rich biscuit or one word um my facebook page is the same my twitter is at rich taylor music my just giving page for my tough mother that i'm doing for ocd action is justgiving.com forward slash biscuit running and my blog is richbiscuit21.wordpress.com. Yeah. Now, big question. Did you remember all that? Or was it written in front of you? <laughs> I did remember all of that. Oh, that's pretty impressive. I've I've been blown away by the people that actually remember their like web addresses. <laughs> <laughs> because most of us don't have like 
Steve at <laughs> yeah and I'm like oh man because I've think... been I've been really lucky with some of the usernames I've been able to get like yeah. the the rich biscuit thing obviously I did the video of why I'm called that I yeah. really thought that would have been taken yeah like I tried it on Pokemon Go on the first day to just have rich biscuit but that was taken so I settled for rich biscuit 21 oh man everything was taken on there I've I've ended up with the best I could get was putting my name backwards. Okay. I now feel like it's a really cool thing and wish I'd have come up with it earlier. That is actually really cool. <laughs> because it comes up as like, um, oh, I can't think how it looks, but it's, it looks like it could be like a Swedish or Norwegian name. Like Ikim. Yeah, something like that, yeah. And it, oh, it just looks really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this should be my social media name. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, dear. Yeah, I try to avoid anything with, like, the numbers because I always feel like, oh, you always either have to put, like, your age or the year you were born yeah. or you end up with a random number. And I think, yeah. oh, I'm never going to remember the random number if I need to know it for, like, a security thing or something. So, yeah. Well, I always have 21 for, like, my snap, my Snapchat, Instagram stuff is rich 21 music, and 21 is just the day I was born. Oh, okay. Oh, the so 21st. Yeah, you've got a bit more flexibility, I guess, if you've gone for, like, a day date rather than... Yeah, because yeah. I didn't want to have, like, 92, because that's quite obvious, whereas 21, yeah. people are like, oh, I wonder what that is. It, yeah, because you know. yeah, it could also be, like, the second day of the first month or the... Yeah, yeah Or yeah. whatever, so, yeah... Or it could be. Oh, it could even be two thousand and one. I, I, as you th- have said that, <laughs> I was thinking of saying that to you. I was like, yeah, it could be like two slash one, two thousand one. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that would be a really cool. That's a really clever use of twenty one, actually. Like hiding it, isn't it? Yeah, that's a really sneaky one. Yeah, yeah that is. That I is really like, sneaky. Have we broken on? If I see someone that looks, how old will they be then? They'll be like 19, 14, 15. Okay. Then um, will they be snappy and hippie enough to come up and pop? Will will they be as cool as us yeah. to know to have done that? No, I don't think they will. I think no. they'll have probably come up with something much cooler. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And a lot more safer than using <laughs> something that relates to their birthday. <laughs> Oh dear. oh dear. Cool. Thanks very much for chatting, Richard. No and um, man, it's been awesome. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I really have. When, uh, Whenever you get a link for it, whenever it's going to be up, uh, give me a shout and I'll put it in one of my videos. Cool, get I will some do. publicity for you. Awesome, thank you. Um, I reckon probably something like uh, between a week and two weeks. That's fantastic. As soon as you've got a link, let me know and you've got when it's going to go up. Cool. And I'll get it in a video. I'll do one of my little GoPro ones. Awesome. Um are you still good for Friday for the Pokemon chat? Yes, I am. Woohoo. I feel like I feel like on one hand I've given myself an excuse to go and do it because I'm like, oh, I need to know more about it and experience more so I can talk about it. And I'm like, that's such a poor excuse. It's almost like the other <laughs> way around. I'm like, I need to set up a podcast so I can legitimise <laughs> why I'm going outside. Acceptable. Yeah. yeah, look guys, I'm not just playing around with this game, I'm doing research. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have to play it because I'm doing this. Yeah. Like, my friend's picking me up in 10 minutes and there's, like, three of us driving round to play it together. Oh, awesome. And, like, we are literally... I'm, like, researching for tomorrow's video of what I can say and what I can talk about. That's probably... My the reason I'm telling myself why I'm going out at quarter to nine of a night time with three oh, of my friends. I have seen, I saw today that there was this thing with um, 
the EV Evolutions. Yes, 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 yes. Where, if you like, the nickname. If you, yeah, if you nickname it the name of the guy from the series, it will evolve into that yeah. one. Yeah, that's like oh, interesting to know. But I've only caught two EVs, so I feel like evolving one's quite a long way off. <laughs> I haven't even got one, so count yourself lucky, sir. Ah, <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to um, when the trades come in. I feel oh, like I can't wait. That will really wait. help. But I, I'm, I'm quite enjoying. I don't think it's on purpose, but I'm quite enjoying like the staged introduction of stuff. Yes. Because I feel like it gives you a chance to enjoy it before it sort of pushes on to the next thing and the next. Because I think you're naturally going to get some people sort of run away that have got loads of time to spend on it. Yeah. Um, and it's quite nice to have a little bit of uh, like a level playing field with like, yeah, we're all catching um, the Zubats and... Like, isn't that Ratitas great? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The 5,000 ratatas that I've got. Yeah, I've got... Um, I looked today because I was talking to someone about the crummy Pokemon that you can find, and I've got something like 200 Pidgey candy. <laughs> Gee whiz. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's really handy. <laughs> I've, I've managed to evolve two ratatas into raticates. Yeah. And I've also now got a Pidgeot and a Pidgeotto through the amount of pidgeys that I've had. Oh, see, I get excited when I see a sparrow now. <laughs> yeah, I, I've only caught two of them. It's like nice to have one that's different. <laughs> yeah, like, it's still pretty much a pidgey, but... <laughs> it's just a more aggressive one. Yeah, it's a different image to look at. <laughs> it's a different shadow, it's fine. Yeah. Right, cool. I will yeah, nice chat one. to you on Friday then, and I look forward to hearing about your adventure. Thank you, and I'm sure I'll speak to you in the meantime oh, on Twitter yeah, anyway. Will. Yeah, we definitely will. All right, man. Cool, have a good evening. You too, mate. Bye. Yeah, see ya, bye. This is going to oh. take some editing. <laughs> I don't know whether to laugh or cry. Oh, man. I'm, ha- I'm prepared to laugh like two more times. <laughs> 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 and that might be it. Okay. Oh, dear.